It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, October 16th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The large number of unfilled jobs in Alaska is not just about the pandemic, the Great Resignation, or the disenchantment of Gen Z with traditional work roles. New data from the Alaska Department of Labor suggests that it's also about demographics and that it's not going to turn around anytime soon. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Finding workers in Alaska these days is tough. That's because there are roughly two jobs open for everyone looking for work. This is 180 degrees from the historic job market in the early 2000s, where there were just over two job seekers for every available job. It all came to a head over the last couple of years, and there was a constant refrain, the Great Resignation. Where is everybody? Job openings everywhere are left unfilled. Businesses are desperate for workers. From white-collar jobs to service staff, workers from all across the spectrum have dropped out. How can we explain this? The Great Resignation, America's Talent Recession, the big quit. Many analysts attributed the great resignation to a reset of sorts, a change in attitudes toward work. So many people lost jobs during the pandemic, they just weren't ready to go back to their old unfulfilling work, we were told. But something had started to change even before the pandemic, and it's described in the latest issue of the Alaska Department of Labor's Economic Trends. All across the country, job openings had begun to rise and labor shortages were occurring because baby boomers were aging out of the workforce. Demographers had seen it coming for a long time. That it happened in the middle of the first global pandemic in a century was coincidence. State labor economist Dan Robinson authored the October issue of Trends. He writes, quote, The pandemic accelerated the imbalance by prompting many older workers to retire earlier than they otherwise would have. The three examples that come to mind to me most obviously would be uh, nurses, teachers, and flight attendants. I think how, how miserable some of that work became during COVID. And Robinson also makes another critical point. Although some economic trends are leveling out in the aftermath of the pandemic, this demographic trend likely won't. He writes, quote, Because the increase in job openings was at first driven by normal retirements and then exacerbated by pandemic-driven early retirements, it's almost certain to persist as these powerful demographic forces continue to play out. Employers are going to have to work hard to, to, to hire and retain until... I think the baby boomers are kind of uh, all the way aged out and we, we find some new stability. And that might mean some companies figuring out how to do the same business they used to do with fewer people. So now the question is, once an employer has found workers, how do you keep them? The October issue of Trends also looks at job turnover, and the data there are also telling. For example, although wages matter in retaining employees, Wages aren't everything. Some occupations with high compensation, like cell tower installers or highway maintenance workers, show exceptionally high rates of turnover. While other lower-paid occupations, like bicycle mechanics and bartenders, tend to hold on to workers. The data don't account for tips, which likely throw bartenders into a higher earning tier than bike mechanics, but there is overlap in less quantifiable ways, like creativity and social interaction, and a dedication to a craft or purpose. And what sends workers away from an employer? 
Sometimes it's a desire to change jobs or do the same job for someone else at higher pay. Alaska doesn't have hard data in this area, but Robinson cites a national study conducted by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, which concluded that a toxic work culture was three times more likely to contribute to attrition than compensation. He writes, quote, Some of the attributes of a toxic culture include disrespectful treatment and unethical behavior. It begs the question what, what uh, workplace toxicity means. But every time I brought that up, I, I was doing a presentation in Anchorage last week, and, and I mentioned that. And he, he, I, I swear a tenth of the people in the audience's heads were vigorously nodding. All of these factors are probably in play in the two occupations in Alaska with the highest and lowest rates of turnover. At the top of the list, with an annual turnover rate of 84 percent, are fast food cooks, who earn an average of $16 an hour. And at the bottom, with a turnover rate of just 8 percent and an hourly wage of about $50 an hour, are architects. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The cast and crew of a reality television show started filming this past weekend in a popular hunting spot near Petersburg. They'll stay there for the next 40 days. That means a longer season for some local transportation and hospitality businesses. But the project is also pushing aside hunters in the middle of deer and moose season. As KFSK's Shelby Herbert reports, some subsistence users in the area feel that the U.S. Forest Service didn't consider their needs when they greenlit the project last week. Sixteen players are about to compete in a game of survival for a potential million-dollar prize. What I imagine is like an adult Hunger Games. Outlast is a survival show where contestants are dropped into the Alaskan wilderness to compete for a cash prize. It's only had one season so far, filmed on Chichikov Island, and the competition is cutthroat. Acts of sabotage are commonplace between contestants, including, infamously, setting rival campsites on fire. The U.S. Forest Service authorized Netflix and the BBC to shoot the second season of Outlast in Little Duncan Bay, a popular fishing, hunting, and recreation area about 20 miles southeast of Petersburg. The show will bring in about 60 people to live and work on location through mid-November. But as the cast gets eliminated, crew numbers will decrease proportionally. Ray Bourne is Petersburg's district ranger. He says a few charter pilots, boat captains, caterers, and borough officials told him that this would be an economic boon for Petersburg. Again, they're bringing in about a million dollars into the community for this project. So there's economic value that way. And part of our mission in the force is to help take care of the community. In fact, one borough assembly member already has a contract to transport the film crew, Scott Newman. But not everybody in the community is happy, least of all subsistence users. Uh, Seems misguided. There's going to be some grumpy people over this. Lee Gilpin is a subsistence hunter and was speaking from the exact location Outlast is set to take place. He was out hunting moose in late September and saw the film crew staking out the coast. He says he's not thrilled about them setting up shop right in the middle of the Sitka blacktail season. 
He says it's a high-traffic hunting spot, especially for local kids. My daughter uh, grew up hunting in this area. Every deer she's ever killed has been inside the area that's being discussed here. She's not the only one. There's a lot of kids in Petersburg that this is where they get to go deer hunting for the first time because the access is very easy. You see, the federal government usually prioritizes the interests of subsistence users over commercial in rural areas. But not in this case. In its decision memo, the Forest Service said the filming will affect access to subsistence resources within the proposed area. But the scale of the impact on subsistence is not significant within the overall traditional use area. Bob Lynn sits on the Petersburg Borough Assembly, and his house overlooks Little Duncan. For weeks, he's watched the film crew's charter boats and planes come and go from the area. At an assembly meeting in late September, he said he was concerned for local hunters and for the safety of the contestants. I could see a conflict really quick here where somebody gets shot, that, not intentionally, but could happen. I think you might want to take a look at some different time of the year. I think we're asking for some problems we don't need. Brett Uppencamp oversees special use permits for the Petersburg Ranger District. He says the Outlast crew has to follow a long list of rules to use the area. Essentially, like, if they can cut trees down or if they can have fires, um how they're going to dispose of human waste, and for wildlife interactions, like, they need to ensure they're not overly harassing wildlife. Up in Camp says those federal stipulations amount to basic leave-no-trace principles. But there's not that much on the list that specifically pertains to safety. The Forest Service opened up a week-long comment period to gather feedback on the permit. About 50 people responded. Feedback was fairly mixed. In favor? Against? and just confused. Subsistence users weren't the only ones taking issue with the project. One commenter noted that the area is sacred to indigenous people. Up in Camp says the district is looking into this claim, but he and Ranger Bourne believe the filming activities won't compromise the physical integrity of the site. Altogether, Bourne says it was a tough call to make, but the land doesn't just belong to Petersburg locals. This is a, a relatively high-use area. Uh, a lot of people do go through there, but again, it's not a closed area. Forest Service land belongs to all the American people, so everybody has a right to do that, to be in there. Gilpin says it all feels a little exploitative, and that even if the Outlast crew leaves no trace on the land, they'll leave behind a lost season. If you're growing up in Petersburg and you had one season of your deer hunting that you couldn't get to during high school, it's a quarter of your uh, easy access hunting area gone. You know, a quarter of the time you can hunt there has been put away so somebody could make a few dollars. And it's not the first go-around Petersburg residents have had with reality TV shows in their backyard. In recent years, some have opposed the Discovery series Alaskan Bush People, which they say casts the region in a negative light. The Outlast cast and crew will film around Little Duncan until mid-November. By that time, one determined contestant will have won their million-dollar prize, but some locals will have missed their chance to get a prize buck. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.